Our first guest is Magnus Nielsen. Before he took over the kitchens at the now legendary Favikin restaurant in Sweden, he was a line cook and then he was a sommelier. And he's recently also become a writer and a photographer, publishing a tome of a book that goes deep into the traditions of the different Nordic countries. You know, here in America, we tend to mash together all the Nordic cuisines into one giant smorgasbord. But if you think about it, that would be like lumping all of the different cuisines of Europe into just one ball. So Magnus wanted to set the record straight. It took him three years to write and photograph the book, which chronicles everything from fermented shark to rosehip soup. Magnus, it's so nice to have you here. Uh, thanks for having me. So, Magnus, this book that you've written, it's enormous. It's basically like the joy of cooking of the Nordic world. What made you take it on? At first, I didn't want to take that on at all. I was kind of offended when uh, I was asked by Faden, the publisher, uh -huh. uh, to do it because I thought it was uh, a bit rude, you know, to just lump all of these very varied and different um, food cultures together in one and labeling them as Nordic cooking. Yes. But I kind of, you know, as I kind of went back and forth with them, I also realized that that was actually the reason why the book has merit, you know, that most people don't know what the difference is between cooking in one country in Nordics and another. Right. So um, were you highlighting the differences as much as bringing all the cuisines together? Um, to me, like this whole project has been completely documentary and I tried to remove myself as much as possible uh, from, you know, um, like trying to not put my opinions on the content really. Um, but rather to make it as representative as possible for as many parts of the region as possible. At the same time as I tried to explain how we, you know, um, are all similar at the same time as we are very different from each other as well. So talk about some of those similarities. What are some of the landmark flavors and ingredients that are used all across the region and all the countries? Well, <laughs> there are none of those. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing, you know, because uh, people often ask for like a pan-Nordic dish and they don't exist. Um, and there are many other kind of cultural factors that we do share, but one thing that really defines the way people eat that is the same for every country in the whole Nordic region is that we have a winter where you can't really harvest any plant materials for food. Mm -hmm. And obviously the degree of winter is different from different parts of uh, the Nordics, but uh, it's a common denominator and it's really something that, you know, in the old days before modern refrigeration and before modern transportation, people had to think ahead and produce uh, an excess in summer to keep them going through winter. So preserving and yeah. and things like that, pickling. Yeah, plan, and, and, and that's still evident in our food culture today, you know. What are some examples? Like, uh, for example, our use of dairy and grains, like two, basically a grain, you know, it's like a little battery for solar energy accumulated <laughs> through great. summer, right? Uh -huh. It's like a chemical battery. Um, and it's a great way of storaging um, solar energy. And it's the same for dairy as well. So those are really good examples. Like we have a very rich bread culture uh, and a very rich dairy culture. And both of those things, they come from the fact that in the old days, people had to uh, produce as much calories as possible per, you know, whatever uh, unit of farmland they had uh, to sustain them through winter. Now, when you started writing the book, you did an open call for recipes. What made you do that? Uh, I, I thought it was kind of interesting to see how people looked upon their own food culture. I realized two things. Uh, the first was that the way people perceive their own food culture is actually very different from how it really is. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, so we have this idea of, which I think is probably more correspondent with what we want the food culture to be than what it actually is. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing was that people 
in general, they uh, believe that the things that they are eating are really unique to them and their family, whilst they're not. Uh, and like a, a good example of that is um, uh, pickled herrings. Uh, so the classic kind of pickle with onions and allspice and, you know, vinegar. Um, I think I got about 200 recipes for that. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. And everyone said like, oh, this is like my grandma's recipes. It's our family recipe. It's fantastic. It's the best. Um, it's, you know, totally ours. And then it turns out that they're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> one, actually... <laughs> one grandmother made everybody's pickle terrain. No, not no. even the grandmother. Like you can see, you can see which publication they came from. And most of them come from uh, like the first edition of uh, Bonniers Stora Cookbook, like a, a kind of a reference piece on Swedish cooking. Uh, published in the 60s um so they're not even that old those recipes um and so here's a question how did a recipe for tacos make it into the book uh so the taco was brought or the concept of the taco perhaps was brought to sweden in um late 80s early 90s by uh spice companies and their goal was obviously to sell um seasoning kits like little bags with, oh, right. taco, with seasoning. The taco seasoning. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and this became like an instant hit. People loved it, and like the the idea of a the Friday night sort of family taco in Sweden was you know <laughs> kind of popularized. And and what happens um, when something is really popular is that people grow bored with it because they overconsume. Yes. You know. Yes. And that's when the interesting parts really starts to happen because that's when you lose all respect for the origins and you start adapting. Right. You know, adapt it to better suit your circumstances, to better suit your palate and so on. Um, and that has led to uh, dishes like uh, the taco quiche, for example. <laughs> You know, I don't even think we have a, that here. That's great. <laughs> no, it's a totally unique Swedish dish. Um, and it's really something that when you start to think like what defines a regional specialty, um, uh, it's something that is a very difficult question. Because if you look at the taco quiche, you know, um, it originated in Sweden. You can see when it was invented, when it was first published. It's made with all Swedish produce. Like when I grew up, we made our taco quiche with mousse, for example. Right. Mousse mince. <laughs> right. <laughs> As um, you would, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. And you can judge also like the cultural importance of food simply by looking at how people, like how often they consume it. Yes. And if you compare taco quiche, for example, with um, a very kind of iconic Swedish dish like sour herring, surströmming, um, if you line up a hundred Swedes and you ask them all whether they eat sour herring, I think about half of them are going to say yes. And from that half, perhaps 10% eat it less or more than once a year. This is a very occasional thing. If you line up the same 100 Swedes and you ask them about the taco pie or the taco quiche, like there's definitely going to be more than 50 of them who says that they eat it, you know, at least once a year or more often. Right. So then you can pose the question, like, which is actually the most Swedish dish? So interesting. Um, Let's talk about the photos for your book, because you took them all, which is also extraordinary, because most... Except for the recipe photos, because I don't like photographing food. Oh, interesting. (laughs) So it's all, it's the landscapes, it's the the process shots and the people. Yeah, all the documentary photos are mine. Uh, Talk about that process. What was that like for you? Um, I think... You know, it gave an interesting touch to the book because it would be impossible to commission a photographer uh, for financial reasons to spend three and a half years just traveling around, <laughs> wow. you know, the Nordics um, taking photos. Um, whilst, because I had my camera with me and I did all of the research anyway, um, I got countless opportunities to uh, take snapshots of, you know, things that just kind of unfolded around me. So, um, the things that I photographed that are in the book, they're not staged, they're not you know, produced uh, specifically to illustrate a part of the book. They're just things that kind of just happened. 
Magnus, it was so great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Magnus Nielsen is a chef of Favakin Restaurant in Sweden and author of The Nordic Cookbook. You can have a look at some of his photographs from that exhibit at the Swedish Institute in Minneapolis. Find them at splendidtable.org, along with that oh-so-Swedish recipe for taco quiche.